Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. our criminal justice system into the direction of the 21st century. His special directives that he's enacted has given criminals kind of a get-out-of-jail-free card. We need to use science and data in order to address public safety of violent crime. Uh, his data and science is completely flawed. Nobody's safe in Los Angeles because of, of district attorney gapped on. You will see that not only have I enhanced public safety. Don't get that name on my face. That's a champ right there. I am absolutely outraged at the lies that Mr. Gascon is spewing. He has no business implementing laws of his own personal choice, which we voted against. We've done so in a way that is much more both physically and socially responsible. Not only is he breaking the law, but he is not doing what he is supposed to do as a district attorney, and that is protect his victims. He is in the wrong office. He should have been a public defender. He's voted in. He can be voted out. Blue. Celebrating us going home on this Gaskin direct. Crime is at a historic low in this nation, it's a historic lows in the state. That's a bunch of baloney to me. And now, for an update on the recall of L.A. County District Attorney George Gascon, here's John and Ken. Well, the latest atrocity is the two officers in El Monte that were killed uh, last night by a guy who was prosecuted uh, one month into Gascon's reign for gun possession, and he already was on probation and uh, because of a, of a gun felony, and they didn't give him any uh, jail time. And uh, his two uh, victims, the cops, Corporal Michael Parides and Officer Joseph Santana, have just been uh, identified. And he had pleaded uh, no contest February 2021. That's two months after Gascon took over, being a felon in possession of a firearm. And prosecutors uh, dismissed two other felony charges, possession of ammunition, possession of meth. In other words, this was part of the Gascon's blanket policy. And he walked free. And yesterday he kills two cops. So the update from the recall desk, which was a press release this morning, they have reached the signature total that they need to put this on the ballot. However, you've heard us talk about petition collecting before. 566,857 signatures are needed to get this recall on the ballot. They have surpassed that number, but they do need a cushion. Uh, they want to collect all they can by June 24th. The deadline to submit all the signatures to the county registrar is July 6th. We're going to talk about this important update and all things dealing with 
the recall of George Gascon with uh, Tim Leinberger now uh, with the recall of the District Attorney George Gascon campaign. Hey, Tim, thanks for coming on. Hey, guys, thanks so much for having me. So uh, everyone must be feel very excited that you hit the first uh, milestone, which is uh, the number of signatures you need, but you still need more. Yeah, that's correct. I, I think, look, I was excited um, earlier today when I woke up and, and heard about the, that major threshold that we had reached. Um, and then as you hear more about the killing of these two El Monte police officers, it, it makes it all kind of bittersweet and just speaks to the level of urgency um, that we have in actually making this happen. Uh, it's, it's so important that we do because we're seeing the devastating effects play out every day. So um, that's obviously terrible. And then separately, we do need to build a significant cushion over these last two to three weeks to ensure that we still meet that threshold, even given the signatures that will be disqualified inevitably. Uh, and, and what's what's the uh, goal? How many how many would you personally feel comfortable with or would the campaign feel comfortable with that you had before this official final submission? I, I would say we're aiming for 650,000 to 700,000 realistically. Um, but Honestly, we'd like to collect as many signatures as possible. It would really suck to get to July 6th and turn in a giant batch of these and come up short 1,000 or 2,000 or 5,000. So that's why we're just urging everybody to sign those petitions if you have them. We're actually asking people to mail them in by June 24th, if you do, to ensure they don't get caught up in the mail system. Or alternatively, if you don't have an opportunity to do that, to turn them into a uh, permanent signing location by June 30th to ensure that we get them on time. And you can go to the website and find out where those signing locations are? Absolutely, yeah. There's a link on recalldageorgegascone.com. Very easy to find. And there are signing locations all around the county. So it should be uh, very easy for folks. Do you think that the recall of the San Francisco DHS of Boudin is uh, getting people a little bit motivated here? Yeah, I, I think it, it brought a lot of additional attention to this effort and really told people that this was doable. And I think it, it essentially said that the writing on the wall is on the wall for what could happen to George Gascone if we qualify this effort. So for everybody to see that happen makes it a lot more real here. And we know that, you know, if we just reach this very high threshold of the 566,000 validated signatures, that if we do that, he will get recalled in a landslide. Um, Gascon is extremely unpopular here. His favorability is completely underwater. Um, and every day, you're seeing more and more of the impact of his policy. So this is simply a matter of getting people to send in those petitions at this point. Yeah. I mean, the problem can be that most people don't really focus on or think about a county DA the way they would a mayor or some other, even the sheriff. So it's tough to get people to focus on, but this is so important to the criminal justice system. Somebody like this, with this kind of power, who's nothing but a public defender. Uh, this apparently is the most signatures ever collected in Los Angeles County for any petition? Yeah, that's my understanding. It actually may be the most signatures ever collected in the United, his United States history, notwithstanding the two California gubernatorial recalls. Um, I haven't heard otherwise. Uh, to that claim. So it is a significant threshold. And also, as I was mentioning to John last week, um, only about 14.5% or maybe a little more now of LA County voters turned out for the primary election. So we have to actually, we have to actually collect 10% of registered voters to qualify this. So it just speaks to how big of a task it is. Um, but that's why we're, we're so close right now. We're literally telling people, take off work if you can, do whatever you can to help us get these signatures, because yeah, well, if we kind do, of, he's gone. What kind of internal validation have you done to uh, hope that you can get most of these signatures approved by the county registrar? 
Yeah, so we have an ongoing process for just verifying internally. We've actually had to bring on another firm to help us with that as we've gotten such a huge influx of mail. I can say that we've received almost 30,000 petitions via mail over the last few days alone. So we're doing that in real time as fast as we can. Some of those batches that are verifying at over 90%. Uh, rate, which is really, really good. Obviously, that's not every batch, so we're going to continue to do that through the end here so we can know exactly where we need to be. Um, and we're just hoping and optimistic, you know, that many of those are good. But based on our projections, we think that the additional 650 to 700,000 total signatures would likely get us there. You know, one of the things you did, which I think is great, I don't know if it's proving to be a part of the results, you, you mailed petitions to every registered voter's home. I got one. You did, how did, did you get a good return on that so far? Yeah, so we mailed those towards the end of April. Um, and really, it takes a, a little bit of time for them to get printed, to get out to people, and then to get returned back to us. We saw some um, postage stamps that actually showed they were mailed a few weeks before. And really, over the last probably two weeks, We've seen a real, real uptick in mail, and we're hoping that continues and remains steady from here through July 6th. But like I said, 30,000 over the last few days was um, very, very significant. And if that even remotely remains at a similar rate, we think we'll be in good shape. And that's in addition to the paid signature gathering that will be ongoing through July 6th as well as the volunteer signature. Is that 30,000 included in the 566,000 you announced today? Correct. Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. Uh, if this is on the ballot, it's going to be in November. I mean, obviously, there's going to be more people voting. It's not a presidential year, but it is a governor's race and Congress and all so, that. So well, how do you it, think that bodes? Yeah, actually, it will likely be a special election in um, probably December or January, oh. uh, just given the amount of time it will take for the registrar to go through their process. We would have had to have turned them in a bit earlier or probably right around now. Um, to make it for the November ballot. But um, in the end, we think his recall is inevitable, regardless of uh, when that election would occur. All right, Tim, thanks for talking to us. We appreciate it. Yes, and I hope we talk uh, with you again soon with the uh, final total and and that it's uh, even a much bigger number. Of course. Thank you both so much for your help. All right, it's Tim Leinberger, recall district attorney, georgegascon.com. Their big news release today that they have surpass the required number of signatures to put the recall on the ballot. But of course, they need a big cushion with a few weeks left to go in signature collecting. Recall DA George And uh, just to uh, review this again, Justin Flores, who killed the two cops, he was convicted of a felon because of a 2011 conviction for burglary. And he got a two-year term in state prison. And then over the last 10 years, he'd been prosecuted 12 times. But uh, he never got any more jail time out of that. Either the charges would be uh, dismissed or they would, uh, he would get probation. And then uh, in March of 2020, he was arrested for being in possession of a firearm. Again, that's a felony, a felon in possession of a firearm. Prosecutors dismissed two other counts in addition to agreeing to the plea bargain. Uh, Felon in possession of ammunition, felon in possession of methamphetamine. So he only gets a conviction on possession of a firearm. That is a felony, though. He should have gone back to prison. Gascon did not send him to prison as part of the plea deal. This what is do you on- know? 2011 is the year they started all this with the prisoner dumping bill, AB yeah. 109. This guy just timed himself perfectly over the last 10 years or so with a lot of his arrests because that's when they just started softening everything up.
A, a, a dozen other prosecutions. A lot of them are resolved with no contest pleas, and a no contest plea is like a guilty plea. He got probationary sentences over and over, and it, it this is this is just this is disgust. That's how you end up with two dead cops. You got a guy who com commits. He's thirty five years old. He has been committing felonies on the record that we know of since he was twenty four, and God knows what he did since he was a teenager. This has been his life, a violent felon, whacked out on drugs. All right, more coming up. John and Ken, KFI. We'll have more on the uh, shooting and the death of the two police officers in Almani later on the show. The sheriff of Los Angeles County, Alex Villanueva, will join us at 5.05. As John mentioned before, they have released the names of the two officers who died, uh, Joseph Santana, an officer and a corporal by the name of Michael Paredes at that motel yesterday afternoon, shot to death by a felon who was uh, already been charged with possession of a firearm but got probation for it. Justin William Flores. In fact, his own family released his photo. I've been admitted that, yeah, we talked to the uh, wife. He separated from the wife who was at the motel and said, oh, yeah, they killed him. Oh, oh his, apparently this guy had problem with meth and with guns and burglary. Yeah, his mother had some uh, winning quotes. Did you see that? No. Oh, Jesus. Let me see if I could uh, f find were... it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, her name is, uh, kind of looks like coronavirus, but it's not. Lynn Cavarrubius. And Cavarrubius is her name. And she said, uh, well, at first she didn't believe that her son was dead. Even... Even the pictures they showed me of my son lying on the ground, I just thought, take him to the hospital. You can save him. He th she thinks it's rude for police to call her son a coward. It hurts to hear them say that. He was a person, too. He had a daughter. Lady, your son murdered two police officers. I don't know how. how. Mothers uh, are often blind to their children's uh, uh, blind evil. I. Here's what Karubius said of her son. I want to know that in spite of what happened, he was loving and caring. Loving and caring? He'd been Yeah, he was having a bad day, John. Can you understand that? He'd been prosecuted about 14 times in the last 10 years. I don't uh, think she hung out with them much. But, but the, 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 just read this morning's arrest record. Where, where, where do you think he was when he disappeared for two years in prison? Wow, right. that nice sensitivity towards the cops and their families, too, huh? How'd you like to be uh, the widow of the cops and reading what mom says? Nice and caring person. Sorry about the bullet that killed your husband. Geez, they ought to put her away, too. The inflation news today, the Fed did raise the interest rates three-quarters of a percentage point. That's the biggest hike since 1994. Uh, some may say they've just waited too long before they've done this. The problem with that, <laughs> and you always wonder if they acted too late, but now maybe they've gone too far. It's already having an effect on the housing market. Uh, there are a couple of real estate brokerage agent companies that are already laying off people. Redfin and Compass, 920 employees are being laid off because with this rise in the interest rates, a mortgage, that's going to dampen people's, uh, yeah. Mortgage op uh, applications uh, dropped by half in a week. In a or, week? Well, d dropped by half compared to a year ago. A year ago. I yeah, see. but most yeah. of it has been in the last few weeks. 
I had already seen in the past few weeks the housing price, because they did raise the rates a little bit back, not by much, but I had already seen that there was a real drop in in the you know housing demand and people looking for homes. So yeah. the average rate for a 30-year fixed mortgage reached 5.2% last week. It's up to That's 5 up up to 5.65 percent yeah the rate was up 3.2 percentage points from the beginning of the year and then the tuesday rate was 6.28 like it's going up significantly every day now it's like yeah the, price the rate of gas. hit five percent when it did for the first time since 2011 right so which uh, is when we were coming out of that last big housing smash that'll uh, that'll stop the housing market dead which is you know a good thing for a lot of people because the prices were spinning out of control you know, yeah, that see, a... when you do this, and you don't want to set off a recession, uh, suddenly no one's buying homes, and that can domino into other problems with the economy. I've already read, too, that retail sales are starting to dwindle. That's a bit of a reaction to the inflation, not so much the interest rates, but also a lot of people use credit cards and pay you know, credit card uh, borrowing rates. So that may diminish their appetite for buying. I also read that some people are digging into their savings because of the inflation problem. It, it has to happen. It was way too much of a boom. So there's got to be a big correction now. You can't beat math. I, I, I get very irritated when people hype because they think that the laws of physics or the laws of math suddenly get repealed. <laughs> you, you can't have stock markets that go crazy like this forever. Because you end up with stocks that are, worth, are are far more than the companies are worth because they simply don't make that much money. They don't have those kind of profits. So that stock price just cannot last unless you have a bunch of hypesters who keep driving it up. Yeah, I'm looking at the Fed's actions since 2017. You know, they, they raised the rates a lot back in 2017, 2016, but uh, not by much. And then beginning in 2019 and, of course, in 2020 with the pandemic, they were lowering the rates because they, everyone was afraid the economy was going to just crash oh, thanks the, to the lockdowns. The main overnight interest rate, they had it at zero. Yeah, That's they it. did. Yeah. So these are still low by historical standards. Although yes. during the last in huge inflation run back in the late 70s, early 80s, interest rates were, were in the 20s. All right, when we come back, uh, I didn't expect the story to come from this city. It's a California city that's got a mayor that's decided to, yeah, arrest people for homeless encampments. Find out who it is and where it is and how it's going. Coming up next. John and Ken show. Are we doing Alex? Bye-bye. Oh, that's right. We are. He's coming up next about the uh, recall. <laughs> no, about the... Uh, the uh, Tesla. Uh, the, the automated driver, I forgot. Yes, yeah. that's right. Well, all right, we'll do the homeless story later. Okay, all right. Uh, a lot of, uh, of these uh, automatic uh, driving cars are getting involved in accidents. We'll talk to Alex Stone from ABC News in just a few minutes about that. Well, we'll talk about Joe Biden's warning to the oil companies. He sent out letters. He's really worked up that he may use emergency actions <laughs> to get more production and to curb those profits. We'll talk about it after 4 o'clock with a representative from the oil industry here on the Johnny Kent. You may be aware that uh, Tesla has uh, a f autopilot and full self-driving mode. Um, th this, this is where you can just uh, sit there and uh, watch the world go by and the car drives itself. And other companies also have uh, like a, uh, 
I, I guess, what is it called? Assisted uh, driver assistance technologies. That's the term. Ford, GM, BMW, Volkswagen. Yeah, there's cruise control and that kind of stuff. Yeah. The, well, anyway, uh, in 10 months, there have been close to 400 crashes in the U.S. involving uh, these uh, automatic uh, driving uh, technology or the uh, driver assist technology. And 70% of them were from Tesla. Well, yeah, they have the most advanced system of right. all those companies. So I was uh, even aware that there was much with Honda was mentioned in this story. I I don't know what they have. It's nothing like Honda Tesla has, though. has been involved in 90 accidents. Uh, they yeah, were they must have something that uh, puts the car in some kind of automated mode. They were number two. So uh, to give us more detail on this, Alex Stone with ABC News. Alex. Hello, gentlemen. So, yeah, this uh, data today, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration uh, that they put out. First time we've ever seen anything like this. They've never uh, put out data on crashes overall. But the issue being that the automakers and even the NTSB and others, they're saying this data is one big lump of raw data. And that Honda doesn't have what Tesla has. Tesla doesn't have what Toyota has. That it's it's not Apple Sables. And that maybe Tesla's higher because they've got more vehicles out there. Maybe they report more data because they have automatic uh, reporting when you're in a crash that they get their hands on and they know a lot more. Uh, it could be any number of things. So they're all saying this data doesn't mean a lot yet because it's just raw data uh, that, that's out there. And, and now they've got to figure it out and then what it relates to and, and pick it apart. But... Uh, safety advocates and lawmakers are jumping on it, saying, well, it does show that you can't flip the switch or hit that iPad in the middle of your Tesla and go to sleep or watch Netflix on it, like uh, we know people have been doing. By the way, Tesla even says it is not autonomous, that, that you got to be in control of the vehicle. That's why you got to have your hand on the steering wheel or you figure out how to put your knee on it so that you're yeah, not actually people have holding on to it. To get around that, yes. Yeah, I, I had a rental car a couple weeks ago. I think it was a Nissan, and it would keep the lane for you on the highway and turn for you on the highway and everything else, speed up, slow down. I quickly figured out, oh, I don't have to keep my hand on here every time it warns me. Just put that knee up there and you can kind of sit back and, you know, and, and so. You you push it to figure out how far it can go to make you the most comfortable, and that's when you get into trouble. And uh, Connecticut Senator Richard Blumenthal, he's responding to this today saying, we need legislation so Teslas and Hondas and all of the, the different companies cannot go out there and just use us as test dummies to figure out what works and doesn't work. What's been released today is certainly a cause for deep alarm. In fact, it is a ringing alarm bell affirming many of the warnings that we've made over the years. Yeah, he says even if it is not autonomous technology and they're telling you you've got to keep driving, that the name autopilot makes you think you're a pilot. You know, flip that switch and it's going to well, do it, everything for it you. It certainly tempts you. you know, yeah. Even if a Tesla gives a warning on paper. As if people read those right. things. Right, the, the name of it, you know what, what people are doing. But in that 10-month period, six people died, again, primarily in Teslas. Uh, more were seriously injured. And now they're going to begin doing this reporting every month to lay out what the numbers are looking like. And, and they do have to go through it and uh, try to figure it out. But again, of those numbers, of the 400 that they tallied, 70% were in Tesla, so that's the focus of it. Tesla stands behind their autopilot saying it, yeah, you're not supposed to be asleep or anything else, and it works the way it's supposed to, to work. But again, the, the lawmakers are saying, yeah, but 
the car companies can kind of come up with whatever they want, put it out there, and if they think it's good to go, then. But then again, if you don't put it on the in the real world, you can test all you want uh, on fake streets in Michigan or wherever else you're going to do it up in the Bay Area, and you're not going to hit all the scenarios that, that you may hit, and there are going to be oopses where somebody hits a bicyclist or a car on the side of the road, and you go, well, we got to reprogram that, and that's a, a lot of what goes on. One more for you. Massachusetts Senator Ed Markey, he also reacted today. Tesla is running regulatory red lights and failing to take common sense safety measures to protect the public. But Tesla and these lawmakers and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, they have been butting heads for a really long time, so... It's not a real surprise that they're going to be called out by uh, by this group. And Tesla fights back to say, no, that, that we have a good product and we stand behind it. Honda put out a statement where I put it a few moments ago. They uh, they're saying that they urge caution on this data because automakers, they say, as apples to apple comparisons simply are not possible at this time. So they say, don't worry about the data that uh, that there is a lot more to it than this. But bottom line. From the data, we know, and, and driver assist can be the automatic braking, the the lane keeping. So they they lumped it all together. But with all of this and with that engaged, there were uh, 400 accidents and uh, six people well, who died. I would think I've never driven in one of these things. I had a car with cruise control, you know, long long time ago. Do you get? I would think you get less engaged if you're on autopilot. And you really could get drowsy and drift off because there's nothing to make you pay attention. There's nothing to keep your adrenaline going. You know, yeah. you're on a and bit well, of alert you pay... when you're driving normally. And yeah. if you're just sitting there as if you're in a plane, well, you know, eventually you're just gonna go kind of nod off, not or off. do something yeah. else, or yeah. I mean, I would think you do. You would. I don't have a Tesla either, but you pay twelve grand for that autopilot technology. You better do something, right? And. Um, it seems like that if you were on a long drive and you were and it was steering for you and braking and accelerating and changing lanes and hitting the blinker and everything else, how do you not nod off? Yeah, but be hard I mean, for hard for me to trust that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I I know plenty of you know people get into accidents all the time, and I don't know what the ratio is for. And that's the other thing that we don't know about this data. human accidents. But at least you know I've got a sense that I'm in control here, and if I see somebody do something wacky, I can I can swerve. That you can swerve out of the way really fast, yeah. and that's another part of this data that the these car companies and you hear Elon Musk say it all the time. Yeah, but compared to the real world of people behind the wheel this is pretty darn good um still though you you want to trust it and we don't know what the data is when driver assist was not in play on these vehicles then it probably would have been uh, more in in line with uh, everyday driving that, that most people are doing but still you flip it on and you don't think you're gonna fly off the road into a lake or slam into the back of a patrol car or hit a bicyclist and in these cases uh, that's what went on all right very good alex thank you you got it. Bye, guys. All right. Coming up next. Well, we predicted this years ago, dealing with cars, rideshare, Uber, Lyft. It looks like the days of low prices to get yourself an Uber or Lyft ride are over. And there's a pretty good explanation as to why this finally happened. Coming up next. John and Ken Show, KFI. So the big announcement out of the White House today was... Uh... The old pooper uh, is is so pissed off about uh, the oil and gas prices that he wrote a letter to the oil companies. To who? Letters. I think it was letters because he wrote them to several companies. Yeah, and uh, letters. He's threatening them with executive emergency action. He said, I'm going to come down there and pop you.
Yeah, man. <laughs> so, uh, and he wants to force them to uh, produce more oil and gas. I, I don't know how you do that. Uh, Cara Green from Western States Petroleum Association will uh, give us the uh, oil industry side of this and maybe explain how he would have the power to do that. Yeah, he claims they have historically high profit margins. And we'll see the response to that coming up after the news. At 4 o'clock, I remember this probably goes back five, six years. Uh, we've been with the rideshare. That's what they call them, Uber and Lyft and such. For quite a while now, and I remember you used to say that, uh, yeah, they they don't run at profits. They lose money. Mm. And I kept saying, well, why would anybody run a company or invest in a company that constantly loses money? Well, it's explained nicely in an article in The Atlantic. Um these startups weren't nonprofits, charities, or state-run socialist enterprises. Eventually, they do. They had to do a capitalism thing and turn a profit. But for years, it made a strange kind of sense for them not to be profitable. With interest rates near zero, and this is years ago, not what the rates we're seeing today, many investors were eager to put their money into long-shot bets. If they could get in the, the, the ground floor of the next Amazon, it would be a one-in-a-million bet that covered every other loss. So they encouraged startup founders to expand aggressively, even if that meant losing a ton of money on new consumers to grow their total user base. So that looks to be what was behind Uber and Lyft and all the losses that they announced year after year because people were uh, getting pretty, obviously lower than taxi fares ooh, ooh. in a lot of cases to take a ride, but apparently those days seem to be over. Uber is a great example. I read... Uh... A book about the founding of Uber and the whole inside background story. And then there's also a mini series out on one of the streaming channels, which dramatized it. Right. And, and what, what's fascinating is the whole purpose was to put all the taxi companies out of business. And the quickest way to do that was cheap rides, really cheap rides. Yeah, undercut them. Right. And then once you get most of the market, um, now you could start jacking up your price and you're going to make profits for the rest of infinity. You just have to be willing to swallow the losses now. And these these mega millionaires who are worth billions of dollars just had no problem taking $50 million or $100 million and throwing it into businesses like this because it, the $100 million meant nothing to them. And if they scored an Amazon win or an eBay win, then they would get billions and billions in returns on it. And so it was this it was the coolest game in the world to play. And, and by undercutting prices, you put most of your competition out of business. And the only thing that dogged Uber, Uber in the early years was Lyft. Of course, they were playing the same game. Right. And, well, we've come to the day now where uh, everybody's tired of losing billions and billions and billions. I, I passed on Uber. A few, I haven't taken barely any Ubers or Lyfts since the pandemic began. And I passed on them a few times because they wanted too much money. Mm -hmm. I ended up taking a cab home from LAX last weekend. Oh, I, I passed on Uber uh, twice. Plus, I'm also getting the thing now with the app. There's no response. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with that, I, but I just get nothing. Well, I, I, I get, that's like everything else. You, you just can't get employees. And uh, Uber's always had bad relations with its with its drivers, and I guess drivers don't have to put up with that anymore. There are too many jobs available. I mean, well, combined with the fact that obviously gas prices are way up, so they have to charge more, but that would be the same for the taxi people. Uh, it looks like, at least in this analysis, that uh, this cheap ride is over. 
and that uh, they're going to have to just they're going to they're, they're pricing things more in line with the world and the reality of the world because the cab companies got diminished but they haven't gone away no no and they all have apps now too they so, do you so can, you, you could down probably download a yellow cab style app but right. uh, th this writer wrote that um this is it, Derek Thompson Derek Thompson Atlanta. if you woke up on a Casper mattress Worked out with a Peloton, Ubered to a WeWork, ordered on DoorDash for lunch, took a lift home, and ordered dinner through Postmates. Uh, your household had in one day interacted with eight unprofitable companies that collectively lost about $15 billion in a year. But you could spend the whole day, and a lot of young urban professionals in the cities, this is how they lived. They lived on delivered food and, and cheap cab rides. Yes. And, uh, you know, other other startup companies that relied on technology like Peloton. And uh, it was a pretty good life. But you can't lose collectively $15 billion a year forever. Right. No way. He does admit at the end that with interest rates going up and possible problems with employment, there might be more Uber drivers on the road and there might be some sort of drop in the prices. But he says the cheap prices of the 2010s are not coming back, the really yeah. discounted fares. Well the, well, the idea also was with the startups is that you, you, you built huge market share and then you took the company public. Now, once you take the company public, you don't have control anymore. Now the investors have control, and the investors are hard-ass Wall Street guys, right? right. So, but, but in return, you cash out with billions of dollars. You know, if you owned 10% of the company and now the, the stock is going public, well, you could sell your 10% of the company for, for billions and go home and everything's worked out really well. But that means now the new investors that really own and run the company are going to jack up. I mean, I, mean, I, 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 I wanted to take a couple of Ubers actually here to work because my wife and I were meeting afterwards somewhere and they wanted, they wanted $50 to go from the west side to Burbank. Well, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And that happened two, three times in a row. So yeah, They um, turn down know. customers, but then again, somebody will pay the 50. So. Yeah, somebody will. Yeah. All right, coming up next, Biden today sent letters threatening the oil companies to produce more gasoline and also angry about their high profit margins. We're going to talk to a representative from the Western States Petroleum Association about all this coming up next. John and Ken show. And Mark Reiner has the news. KFI AM 640. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.